to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Warzone. That's right, the DWZ Network's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas backwards with the double L Galore. It is great to be here for a second consecutive week with you guys, and we are like I said last week, really starting to dive into that rookie content. Um, we started off with last week, which if you have not heard it, as a recap of the bowl season, um, bowl standouts, bowl underperformers, bowl disappointments for not actually performing in the bowl games. And this week, I will be diving into my overarching player tiers. So I'm going to break down pretty much all of my individual tiers. It's going to be kind of a quick hitter episode when it comes to the depth of the prospects that I'm going to be diving into. Um, But starting after this point, you will start to get the more in-depth breakdowns on a lot of these prospects for me. I will be going over specifically um, the lower tiers, the guys that I'm paying attention to you know, now more so than ever during the off season period and working my way towards my top fives. Um, the thing with this class thus far that I'm finding out right now is that the tiers, um, tier two, three, and four for a lot of these positions are the larger ones. Um, I have a much smaller tier one for pretty much every category. It is a one person tier outside of quarterback. And then after that, um, there's some pretty large tiers where there's a lot of shakeup that could happen in this class, but it's a good sign for me due to the fact of how deep this class is. Um, these two, three, and four tier players, they're guys that are going to have roles at the next level. Um, I've had this conversation with quite a few people specifically when it comes to the running back class this year, but it is extremely deep to the point where we're going to getting probably 10 to 12 RB2s right off the bat, just immediately injected onto different teams' offenses, which is something that I'm very excited to see. Um, kind of a turnover of the old guard and get some of those, you know, roster cloggers off of your roster with this rookie class um but like i said we're going to be breaking it down based off of tiers exclusively this week going into each position and i'll give you just a brief overview of what i'm seeing so far with these players and why they're falling into certain tiers together um it's not really physical traits primarily with everything um it's more of a mixture between faults that all of them have combined as well as um, just kind of unknown aspects of their game that really we're not going to know until combine time. But without further ado, I'll hit the two smaller positions first. I'll actually start out with the tight end position starting at the back end. Um, I have three tiers for my tight end position. I only have five ranked as quote-unquote draftable in fantasy purposes for my takes this early on in the offseason and I do want to preface all of these takes for each position you're looking at my takes now Um, we haven't had any of the you know postseason bowl games where we're looking at the senior bowl the east west shrine bowl we haven't had any of the individual workouts we haven't had the combine we haven't had um, draft specific invites to kind of help us out and we haven't had the draft so this is a very early look at these positional breakdowns but i'm pretty firmly with the tiers that i have right now Um, i don't see a lot of people switching between the tiers as this process goes on unless draft capital drastically outweighs or underperforms what i expected to be so this is a pretty good starting point for you to kind of dive into this rookie class is a general overtake. If there's any of the specific aspects of the players that I bring up today that intrigues you in the tiers or you're, you know, 
it, it perks up your ears because they're not in a traditional standpoint from what you've started to read and started to see from other people's content. I very, 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 very much encourage you to reach out to me, um, shoot me a DM, ask me questions specifically about the players. Um, if you have questions or concerns or comments about how I rank them or my take on them, um, or if you see them a different way, make sure to let me know because one of my favorite things is kind of pointing you towards certain games, certain film that you can watch that can help you potentially see things the way that I see it. And if you don't agree after that, at least you see where I'm coming from with my individual takes. So again, don't be shy. Make sure to reach out in the Patreon, DWZ Patreon on Twitter, at my handle, or in um, pretty much DMs of anywhere that you can find me. Uh, but as I said, we're going to start in with the tight end tiers. There's three specific tiers of five players. Um, tier three has two players. Um, all of these rankings are going to be tier breakdowns, so the order that I'm reading them in is not my final order, obviously. It's just how I have them listed currently on my board. And the two on this are Sam Laporta from the University of Iowa and Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Um, these are two guys specifically that are very intriguing in this class, and they're the type of names that are going to get drafted in this tight end you know, this tight end class for the 2023 draft where they're probably going to surprise you with their draft capital. Um, people aren't going to expect it, but they're going to be the classic guys that are going to pop up in that third and fourth round on a team that does have a big need, but it's not going to be one of the big names, the top three guys in this class that ends up landing in these illustrious spots. So these are the guys that you're realistically probably going to have to pay attention to that are going to fill those roles. For Sam Laporta, um, one of the notes that I always have with him is I'm always baffled as to how he's always so open. Um, athletically, he is a very large and very thick individual. He's an amazing blocker, which is very common from the University of Iowa. But when it comes to moving and catching the ball, you wouldn't assume him to be you know, a stat racker upper, but that's exactly what he did the last two years at Iowa. Um, prototypical blocker can move, but he's not going to be a barn burner speed-wise, so I'm just very intrigued to see where he's going to actually land. It's always baffling to see him on tape catching these balls when there's literally no one within like 10 yards of him every time. It's always wild to me. Um, Luke Musgrave is a little bit different. Um, the best aspect of Luke Musgrave is specifically his hands. Um, he's about as sure of a catcher as you'll get in this class outside of Michael Mayer, who's in a different tier, obviously, um, but he's very intriguing. He is a little bit more on the small side and was from a ra air raid offense where you wouldn't expect a tight end to get as much work as he did, but it is intriguing. His hands are very, very good, like I said, and he is going to be an athletic tight end, but he's not a great blocker, so he won't be for everyone. Going into tier two, I have two players. It is Darnell Washington out of the University of Georgia and Dalton Kincaid. Um, Dalton Kincaid, for anyone that's been following me thus far, is one of my favorite players right now. Um, he is extremely versatile. He can move as a tight end. He's a good blocker. He was used in pretty much every formation you can imagine in the Utes. Um, University of Utah, sorry, um, their offensive scheme uh, as a move tight end, as a blocker, as a short gainer, as a seam separator up the middle. Pretty much everything you would want an NFL prototypical tight end to do, he does it. He reminds me kind of a guy like Charlie Kohler last year, which is kind of concerning for me because I don't think either one of them are amazing athletes, but um, I, it's just a profile that I like a lot, and he's going to be drafted accordingly. For Darnell Washington, you know, the giant himself, I've comped him to Mo Ali Cox this entire process leading up to this year's draft, and it's really the same. We didn't see anything during the college playoff to really – you know, elevate or detract from what he is. He's just a guy that gets targeted in the end zone, which can be advantageous for those who play 
fantasy football. Um, the gem and jewel of the class is the tier one player by himself, and as Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Um, just think of football. He is a football player. Um, he's average athletically, average size wise, uh, but people comp him to baby Brock, eh, baby Gronk, because his athletic and physicality is enough to get pretty much everything you need him to do on the field done at a very high level. Um, he's a great separator, a great understanding of zone specific reading, and he's just going to be a day one starter for a team going forward. That wraps it up for the tight end position, the top five. Like I said, three groups. Uh, we will move on to the quarterback position. I have four separate tiers for my quarterback position, and this is probably where I'm going to be the most divisive compared to a lot of people, as for those of you that have been following me since my time at the DWZ, um, it's something that's very common with my quarterback position. Um, I, I, I don't read into hype a lot of times or the storylines and stuff like that. It's very easy to tell very early on whether a quarterback is good on tape or not good on tape. And people have a tendency to ride the narratives and ride the stories more at this position than anything else. And that's where you see so many whiffs, so many mistakes, both in the fantasy realm and in the actual NFL draft when it comes to the position. So the last tier for me is three guys that all have very different uh, reasons that they're in this last tier. Um, the first is Anthony Richardson out of Florida. For me, he's extremely raw. He's not really a quarterback coming out. He's very similar to a guy like Malik Willis was last year. Um, he, he just doesn't have anything on tape that really wows me as a quarterback. Yes, he's an athlete. Yes, he's fun. And yes, we've seen guys like Justin Fields do it with the legs. But Justin Fields has the arm talent. We've seen him with the arm talent. The issue is the surrounding talent around him. Uh, it's very hard to, you know, be a true run first quarterback in the NFL and with where he's getting projected on the teams that he's getting projected in the first half, I think that would be a wild mistake for a lot of teams. He is the basically the hype man of this year's class in a similar vein of Malik Willis. You're going to see a lot of this pre-draft hype probably happen before the draft, only for him to probably slide, just like Malik Willis did. The second guy on the list is Hayden Hooker. If Hayden Hooker had stayed healthy throughout the remainder of the season, was able to get Tennessee to the championship, um, tournament and was able to kind of highlight his case without an injury, I would say Hayden Hooker is probably in tier two for me right now. He had a very, very good season, but the concern is he's an older prospect. Um, it's just a lot of hope that he's going to come back from the injury because his legs were a large portion of the reason that he was successful this year at Tennessee. And the thing with Hayden Hooker is that it was kind of everything fitting together perfectly all at once with Tennessee this year, including their defense taking a step forward and some unexpected know targets kind of popping out of the woodwork that I think lifted him up a little bit more than anything else and then the third player in this last tier of quarterback for me is Tanner McKee out of Stanford um, he's probably the most overhyped quarterback in this entire class I don't really know why people love him so much um, he's he was a worse version of Davis Mills at Stanford so that's about the peak that you can anticipate him to probably go is in that second round uh, people are projecting him to go number 12 to the Houston Texans if they were to pass on a quarterback. Uh, if he goes in the first round, I will be laughing at whatever franchise decides to take him. Uh, the third tier for me is made up of two players. It is Stetson Bennett out of the University of Georgia and Jaron Hall out of BYU. These two players are actually extremely similar. They're going to be older prospects, both going to be 25 going into their rookie seasons. Um, both have very kind of polished games is how I would describe it, um, but both have two skill sets that the other ones do not have. Um, when it comes to Stetson Bennett, his 
technical, um, you know, his foot placement, his ability to drive the ball short and intermediate is up there with pretty much everyone in the class. Jaron Hall doesn't have that. What Jaron Hall does have, though, is he's probably the most reactive and quick thinking quarterback that's in the class. His ability to immediately know if he needs to get outside the pocket, roll out of the pocket, or move and alleviate his ability, basically, or alleviate the pressure that's on him in the pocket is up there with, again, everyone else that's in the class. He's very similar to Bryce Young with his movement in the pocket, and his skill set is pretty good. Um, it's, it's just very interesting to see where these two people are going to go as older prospects that have good college resumes under the books right now. Um, both have graded out extremely well, both with PFF and their overall film grades for me, so I'm excited to see kind of where they go. Um, they're the type of backup player that if they were to come in behind an old guy like an Aaron Rodgers would be a perfect fit to really take over in a year or two. <clears throat> the second tier for me is made up of three players. Um, that is DTR out of UCLA, Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, and Will Levitz out of University of Kentucky. Um, these are all guys that are they have elite aspects to their game, but they are not elite overall prospects. Anyone who tells you that any of these three players, which probably is only going to be Will Levitz for a lot of people, is in the elite tier is full of themselves. But all of them are very well-rounded quarterbacks when it comes to a lot of aspects of what they do. Um, we'll start with everyone's favorite right now, Will Levitz. Uh, I think <laughs> the best way to describe him is kind of reckless. Um, he is a guy that just throws the ball where he wants it, when he wants it. And yes, he has the arm strength for deep throws, but I don't typically see the arm strength unless it is on a deep throw. Um, his spiral isn't super tight. His mechanics are just bad is how I would describe it. And he's basically just been resting on his athleticism for the last two years. Not a prospect I typically lean into, but he does have all of the intangibles to really transform into a quarterback. It's just you have to hope that he transforms into a guy like a Josh Allen as opposed to a regression like a Brock Osweiler. Um, the comp I have for him at this point that I'm pretty firm on is a guy like Jay Cutler. He's not a finished product coming out of school. He's got a lot of intangibles, and a coach will make or break him, um, but he could very easily just have a middling career and then be forgotten in a couple of years. Um, going on to Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, for me, he is even better than what we see from Stetson Bennett from a technicality standpoint. His mechanics are elite. His ability to spread the ball is elite. He has one of the best passer ratings in the entire collegiate football and he's kind of a fun guy to watch. If you want to see what a guy can do for a team and what a guy actually means for a team, look at what Fresno State does when Jake Hayner is on the field versus what Jake Hayner is not on the field. The team just is not the same, looks absolutely atrocious. And Jake Hayner is going to be, in my opinion, kind of what Davis Mills was coming out. Probably a late riser and a little bit of a shock as to where he goes and how high he does go is a guy like Jake Hayner for me. DTR to UCLA. Um, this is a guy that is very fast, very athletic, and does everything that Anthony Richardson does from a athletic in a standpoint of like running the ball, but he's actually a technical passer and has proven time and time again that he is a better passer than what Anthony Richardson is now and probably might be about the ceiling what Anthony Richardson is as a passer overall is kind of what you see with DTR in college right now. That's why I have him so much higher, two tiers up, as opposed to a guy like Anthony. Richardson, really fun prospect. Not a lot of hype around him for some reason right now, but he's the guy that would be the perfect backup to start out on a guy like Lamar Jackson, on a guy like Justin Fields, like a Jalen Hurts, where it would be a seamless transition into the quarterback position. And if he ends up playing out kind of like a guy like Tyler Huntley has, could easily get a job in a similar vein to that as a, you know, kind of a rotational starter, even though it's not always wanted with Lamar. 
Um, the top tier for me is two players, the guys you've been waiting for, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Not going to beat them into the ground. Both very, very good. CJ Stroud is extremely technical. Um, my one concern with him right now that makes him not a perfect prospect basically is his ability to throw the ball while outside of structure on the outside. He kind of alleviated some of that in the games that he had late in the season, specifically the Michigan State game and specifically the Georgia game. Both games were actually very good for him. It just, you know, couldn't really do anything about it. Um, looking at Bryce Young, um, he is probably the scrappiest of all the guys in this class. And I say that because he's smaller, kind of a little trope to say about a guy like Bryce Young's stature. But for me, um, you know, all around very good prospect. It's just going to be his measurables and his ability to hold up at the next level. That's going to be the question marks. And that's why he might drop in the draft if he decides to. All right, and now we are going to kind of steamroll through about 40 players. I've got 20 running backs and 20 wide receivers that I've got, done enough film work, basically, to put into tiers. I'm still not completely done, as I probably have another, probably another, like, 10 wide receivers I want to look like look at and I think there's like seven running backs I'm still interested in watching a little bit more film on to fully get a grasp of what they're doing um it's kind of hard on some of these further down prospects and a lot of these guys for the wide receivers specifically have very similar skill sets to the guys in my bottom two tiers it's just whether or not I think that they have the athletic measurables which is the main issue when you get that deep at wide receiver but we'll start with running back so for the running back position, I have one, two, three, four, five, six individual tiers. My sixth tier is my last one. Um, this is a guy, this is a bunch of guys that have kind of underperformed or you know not really shown me what I need to see from them at this point to where I want to see what they do in this pre-draft process to truly start alleviating and elevating their stock. Um, those three guys are Dwayne McBride at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, Kenny McIntosh at the University of Georgia, and Eric Gray out of University of Oklahoma. Um, when I look at Eric Gray, it's been kind of a disappointment underachiever his entire career. He's a guy that was a Debbie darling this entire process, but really didn't step up. And then when I thought he should have played, which was this bowl game, he decided to opt out and just practice for the draft. I think that's a mistake ultimately for him. Kenny McIntosh, not the great, uh, not the greatest vision is what I would say with Kenny McIntosh. He's got the physical attributes to him, and he's a burner when he actually does break the tackle. But he's not great at seeing where his blocking lanes are leveling up, and he has a tendency to run into second level defenders as opposed to avoiding them. Uh, Dwayne McBride is just meh. He's just an average running back, and I think he's a good college running back. But there's nothing that really stands out on film. Um, he's a guy like Michael Warren from Cincinnati a couple of years ago. That's kind of my trope that I go into because I'm just not going to fall for guys that are just average across the board anymore. My next tier is a tier of five players. Those five players primarily make up guys that I think are just hammers in the league. Um, you're looking at Chris Rodriguez, Chase Brown, Tavion Thomas, and Mohamed Ibrahim, as well as Zach Evans. Zach Evans is this far down for me because I think that he is extremely lazy as a runner. He has not been able to truly you know, elevate his stock. He does everything kind of okay. So he falls into that average category that I was talking about for prospects that I'm not really falling into. But then you look at some of the times it's just due to the fact that he's extremely lazy with how he runs the ball. And that's very concerning for me. I just cannot get on the hype. A lot of people have him as like RB2, RB3, RB4 in their ranks. Absolutely not. You won't catch me with that. 
Mohamed Ibrahim out of Minnesota. Um, he's a guy that's dealt with injuries across his career. He was an absolute burner speed-wise a couple of years ago, um, had a pretty bad knee injury, came back in under a year, and then had a career year last year for Minnesota. Um, he's a guy I do like a lot, but he's more of a hammer and more of an in-between-the-tackles guy, and he reminds me a little bit of a Devonta Foreman more than anything. Tavion Thomas is huge out of Utah. Um, he's a guy that I just doesn't think I don't think he's athletically going to be anything in the league, but he has about the exact same size as what you're looking at from a guy like Ramondre Stevenson. So I could be surprised, but I'll need to see it. Chase Brown is a throwback running back um, is what, how I would describe it. He is just a guy who will churn out yards, get you what you need. Um, he runs pretty similarly to a guy like Latavius, Term- uh, Latavius Murray, where he'll just get you the yards that you need, but it's not going to be flashy. He doesn't have that game-breaking ability, and his peak yardage on a run at any given time is probably going to be about 10 to 12 yards. Then you have Chris Rodriguez, extremely underrated prospect. Um, I like him the best probably out of this group right now. I just don't think the NFL is going to love him. Um, he, Where Dwayne McBride is average, uh, we'll call him a C, a C producer. I think that a guy like Chase Brown is probably like a B-. minus. I just can't <clears throat> put him any higher because of how deep this class is. And so that is the tier five. Um, tier four for me is a electric tier. So these are a lot of movers, kind of athletes and, you know, weapons at the next level, but I have absolutely no idea what the draft capital is going to be. And I have absolutely no idea how much role they're going to have at the next level. And that is Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, uh, Devin Acme out of Texas A&M, and Tajay Spears out of Tulane. All three guys are athletically very gifted, very good runners, very nuanced in how they handle the position, but all three have questionable size as their largest issue going into the draft prospect um, and draft process. And that's why they're here. Um, They're smaller backs, they're leaner frames, they're guys that won't really have a full-time workload at the next level, but all have very, very, very enticing aspects of their game that make them intriguing. And so I guarantee at least one of these three is going to elevate in my post-draft rankings, but I can't do that until I see where they land. Tier three for me is made up of four players, and two of them are going to be very surprising to you. Um, so I have Kendra Miller out of TCU and Take Bisney out of Auburn, but the two guys that I have quite a bit higher that I know for a fact than a lot of people in the industry thus far is Israel Abnaconda out of um, Pitt State. <clears throat> and this is also, they call him Izzy. Um, and then X Validates, Zazavian, but he goes by X Validate at Arizona State University. These are two guys with extremely good production profiles over the last couple of years that have pretty much all the tools that you could want. Um, But the issue with Israel Abnaconda is he's coming from Pitt, not an electric offense, and people have some, I don't know, physicality questions for some reason, which I don't get at all while watching him because he's not a a guy like Chris Rodriguez or Mohamed Ibrahim. You're not asking him to do that. That's not the type of running back that you are. So a lot of times you'll see debates or you'll see a knock on someone for not being physical enough for the running backs. Well, you don't have to be the most physical running back on the planet to be decent at being a running back. Um, There's a big divide between a guy who I would say is not extremely physical in Dalvin Cook, who doesn't break a lot of tackles, and a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is incapable of breaking tackles. I think it is much closer to a Dalvin Cook level of physicality than it is a CEH when it comes to a guy like Abnaconda. Again, not calling him Dalvin Cook at all. That's just my point when it comes to physicality. <clears throat> and then Xavier Valade, um, 
that is a guy that if you liked Rashad White coming out, there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't like X Valade. Um, he is way to describe it his ability to one cut and knife through defenses at the second level is elite if you liked blake quorum watch some ex validay film and you will be like oh wow okay quorum went back but it looks like i might have a very similar prospect here out of arizona state plus pretty much the same size as a guy like rashad white you're looking at like 6'1 to 6'2 somewhere in that range at about 215 um, just a solid overall running back size he is a little bit of an older prospect he's 23 so he's in that Najee range but he has three seasons of over a thousand rushing yards, averaged about six and a half yards per carry. Plus, he was used in the pass game quite a bit at Arizona State in a similar vein to how, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, a similar vein to how Rashad White was. Going into tier two at the running back position, there are three guys. I have Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, and Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Um, you know that I'm not super huge on a guy like Jameer Gibbs, but he's done enough this year, specifically in the bowl game against Kansas State, where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's he's there. I just he's not my flavor of ice cream, is how I would describe it. Zach Charbonnet is a guy to UCLA. He does everything that those hammers in my tier five do, the Muhammad Ibrahim, Tavion Thomas, Chase Brown, Chris Rodriguez at a better level, and he's an elite pass catcher. People who say that he's not don't watch his film and don't look at his overall stats. Um, the dude has increased his receiving stats each of his years in college, went back for his true senior year. People always think that's a mistake because you can do worse. He had the best statistical career uh, year of his career as a senior, and he's a guy that's going to have a role immediately in the NFL, at worst as an RB2, but realistically as a lead back in a committee. <clears throat> Looking at Sean Tucker, absolutely lightning in a bottle in a decently sized package. If there's one guy that coming out has the exact same skill set as a guy like an Austin Eckler does and could have the exact same role for a team, it's a guy like Sean Tucker, and I just will not be off of him. Um, he, I almost made a tier of his own for Sean Tucker because I'm pretty firmly that he's at the top of this tier of three players but we'll see how this draft process goes up he's going to light up the combat and I'm very excited <clears throat> and then in his own tier as the final running back at the running back position for me in tier one Bijan Robinson he's a freak just going to leave it at that don't need to beat a point that you're going to hear all year again now Going on to the wide receiver position, I have five tiers, which is kind of normal for me. That's usually what I have going into my final rankings as well. And <clears throat> I kind of have them broken up how I normally would. It's between athletic profiles, deficiencies, as well as just what I see on tape. Going into my last tier, it is a tier of four players. It is Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland, Jaden Hazelwood out of Arkansas, and Dontavian Wicks out of the University of Virginia. <clears throat> These are all four guys that are pretty thick builds. Um, they are pretty jacked up, pretty muscular, regardless of their height. And I think that they all will end up playing some kind of big slot at the next level. But the issue is, athletically, none of them are elite. None of them have had insane production profiles in college. And as a total, you know, little group here, they just kind of underperform. They, they're they all going to be in that range. Um, the guy, Jonathan Mingo, I have him comp to a guy like Zach Pascal. That's kind of what you're looking at as an upside. Those nice, like wide receiver 30 finishes maybe as the peak is what you're probably going to get out of any of these guys and i don't see them getting exceptionally high draft capital but these are the guys that are going to be drafted in that four to six round range that will end up being on a team and actual serviceable weapons for them over the next couple of years <clears throat> looking at the tier number four i have five players that are in here and this is a mixture between what i would call the athletic freaks and the 
the plain Janes kind of at the position. So I have five players. Um, the two plain Janes that I have at the position are Porker Washington out of Penn State and Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State. And then the three athletic freaks that I have are Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, Justin Shorter out of the University of Florida, and Andre Isovius out of Princeton. Um, starting with the plain Janes, these are two guys that are without a doubt going to be playing slot receiver at the next level in Parker Washington and Jalen Cropper. Both of them have very specific skills in the ability to break down zone coverage like it's their damn job, because it is, and uh, they're very, very good at it. Um, all, Both of them, everyone that kind of falls under this tier every year for me are guys like a Sky Moore kind of was last year, where they're guys that could very easily have a career very similarly to a guy like a Jamison Crowder. And you forget that he had a couple of top 24 seasons early on in his career. You could see that very easily with Jalen Cropper or Parker Washington. It's just all going to be based off a of situation. So I can't have them higher unless one of them somehow sneaks into round two as a wide receiver prospect. Both are great in their ability to break down zone, like I said, but pretty terrible when it comes to beating uh, man press. But then again, due to the systems that they were in and where they're playing in the slot, you don't usually man press them, which is exactly what's going to happen at the next level. <clears throat> the three athletic freaks are guys that all have dealt with injury issues or with, you know, kind of the enigma of playing at a weird school. So Andre Izovius kind of is by himself at Princeton, um, has had three great seasons, productive and increasing production each of the last three years. He looks great on film, but he's pretty much the only wide receiver option on that Princeton offense. He's playing a bunch of nobodies all the time, but realistically he could be probably top two or three athletic profile in out of this entire class, regardless of position, um, sitting at right around 6'4", 210, and he's probably going to run in the four threes. So just a name to watch out on. Um, he's a, a very fun late flyer for a lot of people at this point. <clears throat> Looking at Justin Shorter and Cedric Tillman, they're both guys that were constantly injured, so they're huge injury red flags for me. But a team that is willing to take a dive into one of those two guys could very easily get their true starting X receiver on the outside in a similar vein to kind of like what a Kenny Galladay was but they're athletically a little bit more gifted even than a guy like Kenny Galladay. Um, it's just, you know, landing spot. That's the case with this entire range is what I would call this the landing spot game. <clears throat> Tier three for me is made up of five players as well. These are guys that I actually like quite a bit, but they are all lacking one major aspect of their game is what I would say. So the first guy on the list is Rasheed Rice out of SMU. The second is Zay Flowers out of Boston. The third is Marvin Mims out of OU. The fourth is Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. And the fifth is Rome Oduze out of Washington. And so starting with Rasheed Rice, um, the biggest thing with Rasheed Rice, he has a pretty all-around good profile. Um, athletically, production-wise, the main issue is that he played at SMU. It's the same issue that has plagued a lot of people that have not been in a Power 5 team and that are in Power 5 or in the bottom of Power 5. So <clears throat> when you're looking at a receiver coming out of SMU, he was productive the entire time when having a guy like Danny Gray and a guy like Reggie Roberson last year on his team, who both came out, both were drafted, and both saw work. You're seeing Danny Gray get even more work now in this playoff run for the San Francisco 49ers. But he's a guy that was the only true X on a team that focuses on deep throws. So his production wasn't absolutely insane until both of those guys left and they had to actually alter the system this year to fit the pieces that they had. Basically, they didn't have the burners. Rasheed Rice reminds me a lot of a guy like LaVisca Chenault coming out without the injury concerns and the exact same type of monster profile and yak ability. He is 
his yak ability is up there with what we were seeing from like a Trey Burks last year. So it's very intriguing. Zay Flowers is probably the most athletically twitched up and, you know, quick twitch, quick movement wide receiver in this class, but he's very small. Um, <clears throat> same thing with Marvin Mims and Jalen High. All three of those guys have three <clears throat> body types that are not super advantageous at the next level, but we are seeing year in and year out now. Some guys sneak through and start to produce at that smaller weight. Um, I would say that my least favorite out of the three is Jalen Hyatt. And that's due to the fact that his is a very one-tracked aspect to his game. He's very linear. He does a go route, and he does a deep post route. That's pretty much all that he does. He's very good at it, but it's more of a Henry Ruggs-type career arc for him is what I'm seeing than a guy like a Jalen Waddle because it's very different. And then you have Roma Deuce. Um the, the Word Association, which is a game I'll be playing with the guys on Dynasty Warzone. Uh, sorry, Dynasty War Games here in the near future. Um, the one I have for Roma Deuce is Feral. Um, he is like a wild animal. He is not refined. He does not run crisp routes. He's not super great at, you know, doing the technical aspects, but he just constantly gets open and constantly makes these wild catches that are just so much fun to watch. Um, it's a similar vein kind of to a guy like a Rasheed Rice, but he's just not the wide receiver prospect right now coming out as some of the other guys, but he's a true junior. He has been producing with other competitors in that Washington true pro offense scheme that they have so seeing production from a guy like that in a system that is going to be an easy transfer for him to the nfl is very nice going into my tier two there are four players in this and then my final tier is just a one guy by himself um, this tier is made up of four players two slightly smaller guys with great overarching you know, ability on the field, and then two athletically gifted guys that should be ideal X's at the next level, but you have question marks about <clears throat> certain aspects of their game that stop them from being in tier one. Two smaller guys are Josh Downs at the University of North Carolina and Jordan Addison at the University of Southern Carolina, USC. And then the two larger guys that I was referring to, the X's, are Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State University and Quentin Johnston out of TCU. Josh Downs is... Brandon Cooks for me. Um, there's really not even a debate about it. He can do absolutely everything well. The only question you have about his size, but it's pretty standard for a slot wide receiver right now, so I'm not super concerned about it. Um, he's got the long speed. He's got the separation ability. His hands in traffic are some of the best in the class, and I'm very excited to see where he lands. I think he's probably going to be the steal out of this group. And I'm excited to see where he goes. Jordan Addison is very wiry. Um, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Devonta Smith, kind of the same arc as Devonta Smith as well. Um, the transfer to USC didn't super help him is what I would say compared to his time at Pitt. Um, but that Pitt offense kind of went downhill this year. So it's okay and understandable as to why he moved. I'm just concerned overall because of body type, same as Josh Downs. Um, Xavier Hutchinson is kind of my dreamy guy in this class. Um, he has all the physical tools that Quentin Johnston does, but he actually has the ideal production profile, the ideal, you know, snap counts, the contested catches, the lack of drops are pretty much the exact same as a guy like Quentin Johnson. So the fact that they're being talked about as two or three rounds separation between a guy like Quentin Johnson and Xavier Hutchinson is pretty wild. Um, the main aspect because of that is due to Quentin Johnson's yak ability, which Xavier Hutchinson does have yak ability. Um, but I would say Xavier Hutchinson is a much better separator than a guy like Quentin Johnson is. So it's kind of a apples to oranges type of debate for skill set as to what you're looking for from your big X. I always lean towards separation as opposed to my yak ability. So I'll obviously lean towards Xavier, but they're in the same tier for me. 
And the one name you haven't heard is the guy that literally caught five balls this year, but I don't care that he caught five balls this year. It's Jackson Smith and Njigba out of Ohio State. He's in a tier of his own in this wide receiver position, and he's a guy that just does absolutely everything well. When you have guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who just broke basically rookie records for their team, both went over a thousand yards, over a hundred targets, and really performed as the true rookie wide receiver standouts in a class where neither one was really the wide receiver one in the class for most people. Um, they both consider Jackson Smith, Najibia, the best wide receiver that they've ever seen. And that includes NFL prospects, that includes college prospects, that includes themselves. Um, they both think that Jackson Smith, Najibia, can be the best wide receiver to ever come out of Ohio State, which is all the praise I need to see. I saw him absolutely destroy people on 80 receptions for 1,600 yards, almost 20 yards a clip, basically. It was what he did in his true sophomore year. Dealt with a hamstring injury. Can't fault the guy for one injury in his career. Um, very, very, very excited to see where he lands. I really hope it's not the Packers, but we will just have to wait and see. So again, guys, this has kind of been my overarching tier. Um, quick hitter on all these players, basically, that I went over. Um, the general thoughts and where I'm at with them right now. A little bit more tape to watch on these guys specifically. But at this point, I'm kind of comfortable with these ones. There will be a couple new names probably sprinkled in over the offseason as I watch a little bit more tape. But I wanted to give you a good overarching sight as to where I'm at with these prospects, why they are in the same tiers as some other players. And again, if you have questions, concerns, comments, or just want to outright say good job, hit me up in the DMs. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. You can find me in the DWZ Patreon, and I'm excited to start off on some of these deeper dive rookie profiles over the next couple of weeks to give you guys a kind of a true insight as to the guys you should be ready to target if you're drafting prior to the NFL draft. So that you can kind of get ahead when of it. When we add up next all week, those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.